0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your company on Pass the Post. It's the 3rd of March, and of course, as we're going through the autumn, every Saturday is a big Saturday. And uh, yesterday was no exception, of course, with Group 1 Racing, both at Royal Randwick and also at Flemington. At Randwick, we had the Very Elegant, and also the Surround, and it was Australian Guineas Day at Flemington. Ben Dorries joins me in the studio. Morning.
2: Yeah, morning, David. Uh, We talk about talking points. We've got a lot to talk about uh, on this show, so I'll be very brief for this, but one of the big talking points at Eagle Farm yesterday Mm -hmm. was, you're lucky to be live. You had a brush with death during the week. And your dear old dad, Max.
1: Yeah, we both uh, (laughs) (laughs) laugh about it now. (laughs) Both escaped the uh, exploding champagne bottle. <laughs> wow. It's not funny. <laughs> it sort of is now, but, at the, I mean, we literally dodged a bullet or literally dodged the, the exploding champagne bottle, the Verve bottle that was sitting on the bench and just exploded, just went everywhere.
2: Geez, <laughs> I've stitched you up there, haven't I?
1: Well, of course, the, the footnote to the story is the bottle of Verve Clicquot was given to me by my <laughs> my colleague here. So that's another story. And just
2: quickly, Max said you were very helpful cleaning the mess up. You pointed him in the direction of the mop.
1: He knew, once he knew where it was, away he went and didn't miss a beat.
2: Terrific stuff. Well, glad to have you with us anyway, Dave. Good morning, Max.
1: <laughs> let's uh, let's go straight into Royal Randwick. We'll go to the, the very elegant, formerly the Chipping Norton, And uh, Fangirl was a very short price favourite. In fact, she rounded to $1.30. She settled down in last position. We pick up the replay of Darren Flindell.
3: 500 to go now, just fine's coming well off the fence, Linderman goes with him Nash is staying towards the inside of Think It Over and he's pinched ground pretty quickly and Think It Over dashes to the front of the 300 from Lindemann and now Fangirl is starting to cut loose, wide out three off the lead, it's Think It Over a length to Linderman. Fangirl is closing in, it's Think It Over a length and a half to Fangirl, Think It Over is kicking hard, Think It Over wants it, Fangirl can't get there and the King of Kimbla. Think it over. Was able to beat Fangirl about a length on the wire. Then came Linderman from Cascadian. Further back to Arapahoe. Athabascan, Navajo Peak. Just fine. Weekend to finish last.
1: I thought Chris Wallace was very gracious uh, in his uh, praise of think it over. Uh, as he said, this is why we come to the races at this time of year, to see the good horses. His horse got beaten, colours lowered by, by Think It Over, but, but it was a good point he made because uh, these are the sort of races we want to see, and uh, Think It Over, that great will to win. Uh, had fangirls measure. I thought she had a chance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, when Think It Over retires one day, it's impossible to split them Nash Willer and Think It Over. They'll talk about them in the same breath, won't they? They're like Morgan and Mindy.
1: Well, that's one way of putting it, but, but it is a great association and it is great that Nashua Willer is our first guest on Pass the Post this morning. Nash, good morning, and firstly, congratulations. Yeah, thanks,
4: thanks Dave. Uh, thanks, Ben. Yeah, terrific, terrific day. He's, uh, so gallant again, my
1: bloke. Yeah, yeah, that's a great word to use, gallant. This association, uh, probably it's more of an association, it's a bond or it's a friendship, it's been going for two and a half years. I think you've ridden him to victory on eight occasions. But as I said just before, the one thing that that seems to strike with most of the putters watching him or backing him, he does have a great heart and a great will to win.
4: Yeah, he certainly does. He gets those ears right, right back on his on his head and he lets go. And, um, yeah, stride lengthens and, yeah, um, oh, he's just got a heart as big as himself.
2: Nash, how aware were you of Fangirl in the race? I mean, obviously Fangirl was a fair way behind you. But the dollar thirty favourite, like, did you go out and, and sort of want to try and keep an eye on where... You know, Fangirl was in the run, or, or, or did you just ride your own race and, and forget about the dollar thirty favourite? Effectively,
4: uh, well, obviously, probably, probably what I did hope—I was only hoping, I guess—you know—you haven't got a rear vision mirror out there—but I was sort of hoping that she wasn't right on my back. I was hoping that uh he, he was taking the, the wide line because they, they got sort of a long way off the, the fence there down the side and. But Bubba is funny. He, 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 he seems to love the wet track at Ramwick, whereas we've gone to other places where he just hasn't enjoyed it at all. You know, he, he, he seems to enjoy, it, but he can really get a bit of footing and he gains confidence in the run. And, and yeah, they, they were sort of getting a long way off the fence there down the side, and, and, and I thought, well, if he's going out, I, I can really cut the corner here and, and try and save some ground and, and, and give that wonderful kick that he gives. And, um, yeah, I just hoped that he wasn't on my back. I thought if he's on my back, he's probably going to be too good again. But, um, look, you know, my, my boat just gave a terrific kick there at the top of the straight. and Really, it was going to be very difficult to tangle to run a, running down.
2: Yeah, I spoke to Chris Roach briefly last night who told me something interesting about the post race. There was, a, I don't know, it was a presentation or a few speeches or something, and he told me you pretty much grabbed the microphone and really wanted to single out Kerry Parker for, for really special, uh, you know, praise. Just just tell us about that, and, and I suppose the, the the three-way dynamic, you, the horse, and the trainer. Yeah, well,
4: I, I just remember, um, oh, you know, I guess it was 18 months ago now, I'm walking down towards the, uh, the, the newsagent to get it by the paper, and um, I got a phone call from Kerry, and I thought, oh, that's strange, you know, I hope everything's all right, and... Um, because we were sort of looking forward to his next run, and and um, he had to sort of break the news to me before anyone else heard it that that, it, that the horse had done his tendon. And um,
5: <laughs>
4: I don't think I've ever had a sadder conversation. You know, it was like like losing a, a loved one. But um, yeah, and look, you, generally speaking, there's, there's it's very difficult to come back from. Um, you know, there's there has been good horses that have been able to come back, but. You know, it's very difficult to get them back to where they were, and, and and look, just full credit to Kerry and his team, they've been able to do the hard yards, and there's a team around them too, don't get me wrong, you know, there's a lot of people that have given Kerry a, a hand with, with the comeback, but, um, you know, full credit to Kerry in the way he's been able to get him back to the races and produce his best. And yeah, like I say, it's just, um, I think that's why I was so emotional about the win yesterday. I mean, it's not the biggest race he's won or I've won, but um, it was just uh, great to get him back into group. One company. Yeah.
1: And as we said at the start, this is what racing's all about. There's that mix at Ramberg yesterday. You've got a, a warrior, like thinking over eight years of age, Gary Parker, yep. not the highest uh, noted trainer, but a man who does his job as well as he can, gets the results, the association you've had with the horse, all of these come together. Earlier in the day, we see a precocious two-year-old, like, Storm Boy win, but this is what racing fans want to see at this time of year, Uh, all these sort of scenarios. And and there it was yesterday, the old war horse beating the the short-price favourite. I thought it was a great spectacle.
4: It was, it was. And, look, even to myself, the start before, when, you know, i topped the rides here at Randwick... um, first up in the Apollo and think it over. And I've, I've just got to the front and thought to myself, geez, I'm going to take a good one to beat me today. And uh, all of a sudden I've looked across to my left and Fangirl's just sauntered past me under, under a hold, you know, and um broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I basically didn't want, to, didn't want to think it over, to have, have, look across and see it because it would have broke his heart as well. But... Um, and it just tells what a wonderful game racing is. Here, you know, like you got back in there a bit of a electric race and a bit of a bit of a, well, not not so much a, a turn a foot race day. You know, it was a bit of a slog, you know, and um, in the conditions. And and yeah, as you say, the old worry was
2: able to get back on top. Yesterday was your sixty ninth Group One win. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. Sixty nine. That's that's yeah, well, incredible. That sort of
4: six. I'm sure about six of those around the world haven't been counted. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is actually more than that. But in Australia, it might be 69. I think. Yeah, so. and, and, but it is. You know, it's uh, you know I remember sort of riding the first group one winner at the age of about 24, and um, it might have been 23. And on an made to one shot South Australian Derby, and it was called Bolter, and until you get the opportunity to ride that that first one I, I don't think you're even considered to get a ride in them let alone um become one of the top group one riders and and i was very fortunate but um you know look, looking back on my first group one you winner know, the, the trainer ran me to ride it i had won a couple of races on, it, on him before and you know he's a great horse to me and um basically i had about six rides that weekend The provincials and and the the trainer of Boulders ran me to ride him. and I said, Well, look, if if the connections are willing to pay me a flight, I'll go and ride him. And um, he ran back and said, They aren't. And I said, Oh, you know, I I, I won't go. And um, then stood me ground. And and, and wouldn't have been sort of three minutes later, he ran back and he said, No, they've decided they'll pay you flight. (laughs) So it's a, you know, just how. Um, so how fine a line, you know, luckily go your way, sometimes can happen, you know, and, um, that was probably the game changer that, that, you know, here we are now, 59 group one wins later.
1: We're more than halfway through the racing season. Are you going to win this premiership?
4: Well, you know, I'll give it my best shot, but, it's uh, exactly. not going to be easy as, um, obviously Jason and everybody's going to form I am, and, um, Jay Mac, if he's uh if he's if he's here for ninety percent of the meetings he's can be probably near, near impossible to beat. But um yeah, I'll give it my best shot. We're working hard and um if, if I can get the job done it'll be uh as good as true for me, you know, that I've been out of pull up in recent years, that's for sure. Appreciate you joining
1: us this morning, Nash. Thanks, mate.
4: Uh, always a pleasure, thanks Dave. Thanks, ben. Nash Rawella
1: joining us this morning. Uh first up here on Past the Post. It, it, as I said, I know I've said it more than once. It's a great story.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just looking out of interest at the, the Sydney Metro premiership, uh Nash Rawilla is currently one ride ahead, fifty three, Jason Collett fifty two, James McDonald forty nine. Interestingly, and this is just in the Sydney metro area, Nash Nash's mounts in this racing season have won more money than anyone twelve million four hundred and ninety thousand at James McDonald you know 10.7 million so that puts into context what some sort of season Nash has had
1: think it over will go to the Ranvet vet and of course the grand final is the queen elizabeth on the 13th of april he's a seven dollar chance on tab fix fangirl she had her colors lowered by think it over yesterday but she retains the favoritism at four dollars and splitting them of course is mr Brightside at six dollars after that a long gap
2: to gold triple i think we can safely say now fangirl is not winks I never see. Well, there was a few that were sort of comparing oh, please. them, please. But, yeah. look, the other thing I suppose we should point out, the track there was a bit mucky yesterday, wasn't it? Which was never going to suit Fangirl, like she uh, like she wants a firm track. And it wasn't, uh, you know, a heavy track, but it was just a bit mucky, wasn't
1: it? I think every bit of rain that, that fell at R- Royal Randwick uh, didn't help Fangirl, but you're right. I don't think it was that bad that you would make it as a, a excuse, legitimate excuse yeah. for defeat, but uh, certainly a, a, a better surface would have maybe, you know, sharpened her finishing dash. She was very good, but on the day, she found one that was better. And, of course, the track was reassessed uh, midway through the day from a good four down to that soft five. Let's go to the other group one for the three-year-old fillies, the surround, and uh, Tropical Squall goes to the front here and says, catch me if you can.
3: Tropical Squall holds the front. Macarena's doing plenty of work up on the outside of learning to fly. who has got that far more prominent role today, holding third. Steffi Magnetica on the fence fourth. Tis invincible, covering a bit of ground from Autumn Ballet. Chris Dilly's off the track. Then came Tudor Levita from Komachi. Roland high, moves up the outside. So Komachi a bit cluttered up now, followed by Artic Glamour and Zardozia, both pulling water on the track as they come around the turn. Hieronymus on Tropical Squall starts to wind it up, staying close to the fence though from Macarena, Steffi Magnetica straying on the fence and now learning to fly wound up, two further back to Chris Dilley, Tis Invincible's got it all to do, inside the 200 Tropical Squall led the way, up on the inside, Steffi Magnetica, learning to is grinding, Tropical Squall's kicking hard, Steffi's in for the fight Tropical Squall and neck in front of Steffi Magnetica, Tropical Squall clings on, Tropical Squall and Adam Hieronymus combine for another Group 1 success, just beating it a- the game, Steffi Magnetica. Then came learning to fly Macarena and Tutta Levita closing off. Further back, Camochi, Then roll on high, Tis Invincible, Autumn Ballet, uh, well back, Chris Delli, Zardozzi and Arctic Lama.
1: This is a filly that's only had seven race starts for four career wins and two of those at Group 1 level. Of course, she won the flight in the spring with Adam Raider and they partnered again, as Darren said, for another Group 1 victory, this time... In the surround, she was an $8.50 chance. She's now $8 for the Coolmore in a fortnight's time. Like horses who could make their own luck and say, come and catch me, and they can't.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I think that was sort of glossed over a little bit in the aftermath of this race, there was a lot of talk about the horse and Gay and Adrian, and, and, you know, that's fine. But Adam Hieronymus, another Group 1, on a day where Storm Boy, of course, was racing, that he's been taken off, uh, clearly because, you know, Coolmore's bought in uh, they're the managing, you know, owners, etc. now. Uh, but obviously, Adam won, you know, the Magic minions on Stormboy Would have been shattered, I reckon, to, to be taken off. And that's racing. You know, that, that, that just happens, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, on the same day that Stormboy won, I thought it was really significant uh, that Adam Hieronymus won another group one.
1: The second place getter, Steffi Magnetica. We'll talk about her shortly when we speak to our next guest. Third was Total a 100 to 1 chance, but... Ran out of her skin first up, so she's in for a good campaign. A few of the beaten division there worth commenting on. Learning to fly, raced out, looked to have a chance. Tis Invincible, I don't know if she's come up this campaign. That's her second average run. And uh, maybe a legitimate excuse with Komachi, of course, who'd won the light fingers, didn't uh, fire yesterday, but Jason Collard reported she got her tongue over the bit. But all honours with with Tropical Squall out in front, first out and first home. Let's turn our attention now to the two-year-olds yesterday. Of course, uh, these traditional lead-ups as we head towards the Golden Slipper on the 23rd of March. And yesterday, we had uh, the Skyline and the Sweet Embrace. The Skyline was dominated betting-wise by the unbeaten Stormboy. He was a team when the starter said go.
3: 5.50 to go, and Storm Boy, who's the raging favourite for the slipper, A dollar 18 here in the Skyline as they turn for home, and he comes well off the fence now, and Storm Boy's still under a good grip. Giovanna's scrubbed up the inside, Prost revved up coming down the outside, he gives the favourite some rain now, Storm Boy, he's two lengths clear inside the 150 from Prost and Giovanna, they're fighting out the miners, but you can see what all the fuss is about. The multi-million dollar cult Storm Boy wins at a cakewalk. Prost, best of the rest, second. Giovanna, third, then parkour. Further back to President Saron and indecisive.
1: Well, Storm Boy winning as expected. J-Mac riding for Fagay and Adrian straight to the... Well, not straight to the front. Didn't begin brilliantly. Jumped on terms and then used his gate, gathered speed, controlled and stopped the clock at just under 110. And as we were saying during the week... Uh, a victory was likely, and a victory would see his price trim up for the Golden Slipper. That was exactly the case. 280 before yesterday, now $2.30 for the Golden Slipper on the 23rd of March. I thought we'd go a bit left field this morning, and we often speak with Adrian or Gabe, but uh, of course, Cunningham Thoroughbreds play a very key role in Storm Boy. Mitch Cunningham from Cunningham Thoroughbreds is our guest this morning. Mitch, good morning.
6: Morning, David. Morning, Ben.
1: How are you? Well, were you at Randwick yesterday?
6: I was. I was. Uh, look, we've been sort of jumping between Melbourne and, and Sydney and Skye for the last week with all the sales down in Melbourne. Uh, but we jumped on an early flight yesterday morning and made it just in time for race one.
2: Just to put our listeners in the frame, Mitch, Cunningham Thoroughbreds obviously had a, I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, had a 20% uh, share in Stormboy and were the managing owners of Stormboy before this huge deal uh, with Coolmore. But I think your share has been diluted down to 5%, but you retain, um, you know, there's obviously some breeding rights involved and Stormboy you know, ran in your colours yesterday and will run in your colours in the Golden Slipper again.
6: Yes, that's all correct, Ben. We um, we were the managing owner. Now we, uh, we we've handed over those reins to the uh, to the capable Coolmore. We we will keep our silks on till for the slipper, and then post that they'll they'll transfer over to Coolmore.
2: So is it, is the pressure off you in a way now? Is it sort of almost job done, and anything from here on's a bonus, or do you, do you still feel you know a, a sort of sense of pressure, especially yesterday when he goes out at a dollar eighteen?
6: Yeah, look, it, it was a funny feeling. Uh, the, the feeling with a horse like Storm Boy, which is an unfamiliar one, because you know I've never been in a horse this good. Um, it, it's more of a feeling of relief. You know, we 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 had uh, we had a horse, Steffi Magnetico in the surround who ran second, and uh, that that was sort of more of a your, your typical racing experience where you're yahooing all the way down the straight, you know, willing your horse on. Um, with Stormboy it, it really is at this point uh, him meeting expectations. Um, I think mostly when you go into a race, is a lot of hope. But with with a horse like Storm Boy, it, it sort of it becomes more expectation. And when when he wins the way he did yesterday, uh, you know he was he started out at a dollar fourteen at one point, maybe got out to a dollar eighteen. But either way, he was incredibly short. So you, you expect to see a horse of his of his quality go out and do that, and, and when he does it, it, it's it's a relief more than anything.
1: I'm sure you didn't expect all of this to to evolve uh, on that day on December two when he had his first start. Uh, not that he was going to the races any slouch. I think he was a dollar eighty five that day when he won. But what I've noted from right from that day to where we are now, nothing has gone wrong, and that's a rarity in racing.
6: Let's see. You know, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I said this. You know, ad nauseum is, is that. You know, we race a hell of a lot of horses, and invariably, even with the good ones, you're getting you're getting a bad report at some point, or, or you're getting bad news at some point, or or, or you know that that hopeful bubble burst yep. at some point. And the the strangest thing with Stormboy is is. Um, it, it's 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 just to this point. Touchwood been very straightforward. Nothing's gone wrong for him. And when when things have gone wrong in racing, uh, you know, in transit, he's he's overcome that. Um, you know, as 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 those special horses do.
2: You're in a, obviously in a pretty good spot with a very very good horse. But it's it's uh, and I'm not after any sort of inside secrets here. But it's it's a great position to be in. That you you know, in the Golden Slipper, your horse will be ridden by either. James McDonald or Ryan Moore. We don't know which one yet, of course, because uh, Switzerland, uh, you know, is owned by, by Coolmore and, and Ryan Moore's coming over. But it's uh, not uh, it's a two pretty good jockeys to sort of, you know, toss a coin and see who rides.
6: Yeah, well, Coolmore certainly have an embarrassment of riches with, with their jockeys and their horses, obviously. Um, so I, I don't have any idea yet uh, who'll be riding the horse. Uh, but, but what I will say is that whoever does... Uh, you know, we're in safe hands.
1: Steffi Magnetica was very, very good. A tropical Squall just having her measure in the surround would have been a wonderful day if she could have won. In terms of a, a broader uh, viewpoint, Mitch, looking forward, Cunningham thoroughbreds are they are they getting bigger? Are you, you,
6: you expanding? Uh, David, yes, we are. Um, look, we're, we've we've. This is probably our third year of you know a meaningful investment in the racing side of things you know we've been in the breeding side of things a bit longer but um certainly from racing you know we were 2017 we started buying uh race horses and and you know that was a couple of year where, where at the moment we're up to you know at last count maybe between 80 and 100 um yeah, and that does include the, the stallions uh, syndicates we're in, but you know Cunningham Farabaith, our own on our own, probably race uh, at least 60. Uh, most of them will be in our colours. Um, so that number that number is obviously big. Will it grow over the next few years? I'm not sure. We we might um, we might tighten that up a bit over the next few years. Um, but you know, at the moment, the business. The racing side of things pays for itself with the with the prize money in the year we're having. So, you know, as long as as long as that continues, uh, we can continue to enjoy the racing side of things. But look, that that more so is the hobby side of the business. I mean, we we buy predominantly well bred fillies to feed our broodmare mm. uh, band should they be good enough, um, and buying at the top end of the market. So to have a result yesterday with Steffi. Uh, running second in this round is is
2: huge for us. Mitch, just before we leave you, I just want to uh, make special mention of your your dear mum, Lorraine, as well. Who's obviously a key part of, um, well, I guess clearly a key part of your family, but I guess to a lesser extent a, you know, real guiding light, I suppose, for the business. And she's been through some some challenging times herself in in the past few years, hasn't she? She was very open with me with a story I did for RaceNet the other day, just about her breast cancer battle. Uh, and thankfully she's um she's all clear of uh of cancer. But she was on track yesterday, I know it must have given her another big thrill yesterday.
6: Yeah, yeah, look, she's she's obviously um, you know, the, the centre of our family. She she has she has had her health battles over the last few years. Thankfully she's through all that. Um and she's sort of had a a year since she got the all clear and she's um you know, that's obviously been a great relief to us all and yeah, she was on track with us yesterday and and um you know, it was, a, it was a big day for us. We had horses running, I think we were in five stakes races yesterday, so it was, it was huge for us, and to get a few results uh, was a, a thrill for us all.
1: Mitch, thanks for being with us. It's simply now a matter of just counting those days on the calendar, just mark them off one by one. That's where you're at now with the story.
6: <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, you know, the slipper can't come soon enough.
1: Good luck, mate. Thanks for being with us.
6: Thanks, Ben. Thanks, David.
1: There is Mitch Cunningham joining us, uh, the, the Trumpet Cunningham Thoroughbreds. Now, Stormboy. Boy, mm. what did you think of the win?
2: Uh, I thought it was um, tradesmanlike. <laughs> that
1: was the word I, I was going to use.
2: Uh, look, uh, probably a bit better than tradesmanlike. But, look, it was his smallest winning margin, won by just over a length. Uh, I thought it was good. Look, not taking away from it, but gee whiz, he's going to be, meet a lot better horses than he met yesterday in the, in the slipper. I mean, they were, in fairness, they were second graders he was meeting yesterday.
1: And I, I think of our listeners are thinking I'm headed down a path, but I'm not. What I'm going to say is this. Tradesman-like was a word I would have used, and, and yeah, probably tradesman-like plus one, um, but it wasn't dynamic. But nor should we expect it to be dynamic because he hadn't run since the Magic Millions. And I think it's a, a fair statement to make that, you know, grand final day is three weeks away, so... He's had his head out. This was the race they planned for. He did everything right. Hasn't been anything go wrong since this horse ever started racing. So he's a worthy slipper favourite. Should he be as short as 230 in from 280, I'm not quite sure. And no. I think you may get a little bit better in the days to come. Yeah,
2: agree with you. And I'll tell you what, the race I want to back him in, and I actually wrote this last week, is the size rather than the mm-hmm. slipper. I mean, the size is traditionally a lot smaller field. A lot of the two-year-olds are gone by the wayside, 1,400 metres. Uh, I reckon he'll win that, in the, you know donkey lick if he, if he stays fit. Whereas the Slipper, it's a pressure race, draws off the track, track conditions, horses coming from everywhere. We've never seen anything like it. Will he win? Probably. But could I take the shorts at the moment?
1: No. Well, yeah, there's potentially two chapters left. There's uh, the goal and Slipper, which I described as the grand final. But if he wins that, then the next chapter is, of course, completing the triple crown. So it's exciting times. And the thing is, too, he's really gaining popularity in the racing business. You know, the name... Uh, His um, unbeaten record. Uh, He's he's gaining a following, and so he should. Let's go to the other two year old, the sweet embrace for the the Phillies. Manala was our favourite here at 2.05
3: come up the rise now and Shadow Miraval is revved up. Diddle Dumpling doing the chase in the inside and now Manal is starting to wind up wide out and quickly Manal moved up to join Shadow Miraval. Fly Fly and Extreme Diva are powering home. It's Manal in front of Fly Fly. Manal a length and a half to Fly Fly and Manal too good in the sweet embrace. Beat Fly Fly. Extreme Diva third. Shadow Miraval fourth then Diddle Dumpling further back to Toka from Photographics Montana Dawn. Together with the and
1: The Colts are overshadowing the Phillies uh, in terms of Sydney. Of course, a uh, Philly won the Blue Diamond in Melbourne. But uh, in saying that, Manal's doing nothing wrong heading towards the Slipper. She's still $26 at the Slipper. 2.05 the yesterday after her good run behind Lady of Camelot and, again, a good, strong performance.
2: Yeah, good performance. Top 10 chance in the Slipper, perhaps.
1: Oh, I'd, I'd rate her a little higher than that. I thought second and third were both good as well. Flow, fly, Extreme Diva, running on. Let's go to the the guy, the uh, guy Walter. Yes, the ninth race of the day, and Hell Hath No Fury just gets down hinged in the last stride.
3: Miss Coover turns the corner in front Hinged under a determined ride Now on the outside, Miss Fabergé goes To the rails, then came Hell Hath No Fury, Miss Coover giving a Sight, a good sight, at the 250, Hinged is slowly getting There, Hell Hath No Fury Miss Fabergé, Osbred flirts Running on, Hinged got to the front From Hell Hath No Fury, Hinged And Hell Hath No Fury It's going to be close, very Close, Hell Hath No Fury Bobbed at Hinged more Secrets third, then Miss Fabergé, followed by Barbies Fox. Further back to Osbred Flirt, Miss Coover, and Lewis. Photo here.
1: Yeah, it was a good result for Bray Sikalski with Hell Hath No Fury and Hinged fighting it out. It didn't matter which one for him, but it was Hell Hath No Fury. Jason Collett riding for Annabelle Nisham pipping Hinged on the post.
2: I think we can officially put Hinged in the money muncher category. What do you think? Just well, doesn't win.
1: yeah. It's always tough at the, the, the top level, but... A um,
2: well, small field, went at, out $2.80 favourite. Yeah, Surely sure, sure, yeah. should have had the class on these.
1: Looked her race yesterday. It is uh, at least uh, almost 750 days since she's won a race. We'll come back to Randwick shortly. Let's turn our attention now to Flemington, and their group one was the Australian Giddies. Let's go to the replay. Riff Rocket was the favourite.
7: The pen dragon around the turn at the 500 metres, led by about three quarters of a length to Hey Fat Cat V8 now is tanking up on the outside from Vedad Southport Tycoon, Cap Farrar, they were followed by Snow Patrol and behind them Riff Rocket, so the front runner now V8 claims Hey Fat Cat but Southport Tycoon looks the danger V8 about a neck in front Southport Tycoon moves up boldly Southport Tycoon takes the lead draws a neck, draws three quarters of a length in front and won the Australian Guineas Southport Tycoon, a length and a quarter. V8 Riff Rocket, third Quintessa, four. They were followed by Vedad, next to Targo Cap Farrar, then Hay Fat Cat, followed by King Colorado. Next Zip Away, Snow Patrol, Run Harry Run, Wellback Sunsets, the Dragon knocked up, and Vieste has finished last of all.
1: Good day for Kieran Marr at Flemington yesterday. Earlier he'd won with Estriella. We'll listen to that race shortly in that English feature down the straight, but this was the one that really counted. Group one level... And Jamie Carr riding her eleventh Group One uh, victory, of course, hot on the heels of last week in the Blue Diamond, and she gave this uh, a perfect ride to win.
2: She's had some sort of month, hasn't she? Got engaged, uh, reels off two Group Ones in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and look, I've got to say, just a you know, a soft barrier, beautiful ride, just um, and cruised up like the winner, looked like the winner a fair way out.
1: Most uh, frequently on, on Past the Post, we talk to the winning trainers or the beaten trainers, but we're going a bit wider today talking a bit to some of our uh, ownership groups. We've had a chat with Cunningham Thoroughbreds and Mitch Cunningham. Of course, Southport Tycoon races in the Bennett Racing Colours, uh, seen to advantage at Group 1 level yesterday. And Nathan Bennett is joining us this morning. Nathan, good morning. Good
0: morning, good morning. Good morning gents. How
1: you going? Well, and congratulations. Is this your first Group 1 win?
0: Yeah, it is, mate, right. yeah. Uh, it was our first group one and uh yeah, it's pretty exciting.
1: How how long has Bennett racing been in operation? Just give us the background of how this all came about.
0: Uh, so been operating for well, we had our first runner sort of October two thousand and seventeen. Mm. Um yeah, so just uh, coming up sort of six years. Um Yeah, and I, I had a form website back in the day and uh a few guys said let's buy a horse so we decided to do that and it sort of built from there and in the end I got rid of the website and got my syndicator's licence and, yeah, it's sort of built from there and it's got bigger and bigger and uh, bigger as, as it's gone on, so. Yeah, obviously, the astrologist,
2: would, you know, was probably one of your, your better-known horses. You, you've sort of knocked on the door at group run level before, you know, and been, been there or thereabouts.
0: Yeah, yeah, the astrologist, he's sort of been a bit of a banner horse for us and um, he's always been knocking on the door nearly winning those group ones and um i'd love I'd love him to win one because he does deserve <laughs> it but uh um whether whether he does or whether he look, if he doesn't um he's still been a terrific horse for everyone, and nearly winning three million dollars in prize money is a, a fair feat so it's it's pretty much like a group one winner anyway I think so um yeah he's he's been a fantastic horse for everyone and it was good to have a another horse put the hand up yesterday and and, and sort of tell everyone that he's at the top level as
1: well. Yeah. Nathan, look, we'll come back to Southport. Uh, Ken, I just want to ask you a broader question, and I didn't realise you haven't actually been in the syndication business that long, six or seven years. We we talked so much lately about a cost-of-living crisis and the like. Is it easy at this, right at this very moment to be syndicating horses? Is there still a strong appetite out there from you know the mum and dad investor?
0: Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, any year's easy to syndicate horses, but... Um uh yeah I, I still think there's a fair bit of appetite for people to want to purchase horse and jump in and have a bit of fun outside of their working life and professional life sort of thing so yeah, there's definitely we've we've got a lot of new owners this year that have jumped on board and um yeah so there's- definitely still an appetite to to jump in and, and get involved in the the great games that we have.
2: What was Kieran Maher's sort of voice message, I guess, to to the large group of owners before the race? Because after the race, it sounded like he sort of had been doubting himself a little bit with, with this horse, given that, you know, went out $19, wasn't sort of in the market yesterday. What what did he have to say pre-race? Was there a fair degree of confidence? Uh, yeah, they've known for a while that he's a pretty good horse. Um, uh,
0: Kieran and I had a chat a couple of weeks ago at English Classic Sale, and he actually told me that, he, he, over over a mile, him and King Colorado, he wouldn't be able to separate them. Um, he said, "If he probably got a two thousand, maybe King Colorado would be on top." But so he's known for a while that he's a pretty handy horse, and um, like a stra- the Australian stakes where he ran second to V8, um, they were pretty confident that he would go close that day, and he did, nearly nearly over the top of him, and that was a that was a pretty impressive run that, and. Um, Obviously, we were pretty gutted the other day to get nailed on the line in the in the group two, um, but we knew we'll go to the Guineas uh, to have the horse peak and yeah, he was doing that exactly. So um, yeah, they've had a, they've had a pretty big, pretty big wrap on the horse for a long time.
1: He's a Group One winning colt. But my next question to you is, uh, what path do we head down now? Now you've got a, a Goons in the All Star Mile if you want to take it. Is that on the cards or not?
0: Um, so I've got to have a chat with Kieran, but, um,
1: yeah, we, we'll certainly
0: look at it, um, whether we go there, I, I just don't know whether the right time is now for him to go and take on the likes of Mr. Brightside, um, he, he's a pretty raw horse still and he's still learning his craft and he's, he's pretty immature, um, so it mightn't be the right time to go and take him on, but, um, we'll certainly look at it and, um, Possibly, maybe a Doncaster as well. We'll look at that. Um, that's certainly worth looking into, and you get a pretty low weight there. And um, yeah, like Jamie Cash, she said to us yesterday, if you went to a Doncaster and and we're only carrying fifty one or fifty two kilos, she's like, uh, I think you'd give him a fair shake. So I'll have a chat with Kieran and the team, and we'll, we'll work it out from there. But no, no plans set in
2: stone as yet. With a big group of owners, take us uh, inside briefly the, uh, the celebrations last night. You sound like you got a pretty clear head this morning, but I imagine you wouldn't have <laughs> had much sleep. Uh, I've had about two hours sleep. Yeah, I, um, yeah, we, we
0: partied on for a fair bit, and um, it was a really really good night. And um, we actually went to a place where I had my first function when I started building Bennett Racing, and um, we went back to Ma Jongs where we where we did that and. So we had our, our first group one where We thought it was right to go back there and, and have a great night there with everyone, and um, yeah, it was good fun. And then uh, a few, few, few other crew kicked on, and others went home. So I was, I was one that kicked on. So that was a <laughs> and, quite a large night. And,
1: and you're entitled to uh, do as well.
0: Yeah, that's it, mate. You got to enjoy it. So exactly. Right.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, the, the ownership group in him, yeah, I've, I've created a lot of friendships not only um, professional um, uh, friendships and um, it's like I've become great friends with a lot of these people that are are jumping in the horses with us. So it's it's fantastic when you can create new friendships out of a business because there's not many times where you can do that. 100%.
1: 100%. A really important milestone for Bennett Racing yesterday with that Group 1 victory. Yes, Ben? One more, sorry, sorry,
2: one more. Stay focused. Your you two-year-old Colt, who David and I both really liked and both backed in the Blue Diamond, didn't get much luck. Are we yeah. pushing on with him, or what are we doing?
0: Yeah, so he'll go to the uh, VRC size Saturday. Um, he's pulled up really well. Um, I think we've seen he's a, he's a very tough Colt. Um, yeah, he, he'll be very hard to beat on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Zara's booked, so yeah, it's uh, he'll be ticking a lot of boxes for Saturday. Hopefully, he can draw a barrier this time, and I'm sure he'll be, um, yeah, as I say, he'll be, he'll be in front at some stage. So um, hopefully, he can run a strong 14, because then we could possibly head over to Sydney for the the size there as well, um, and possibly a champagne, because I think he, well, we know he'll run the mile. Um, whether it's now, we're not sure, but. We'll certainly find out on Saturday whether we can run a strong 14 now.
1: Good times ahead. Go and have some sleep. We'll talk to you later on.
0: Yeah. Good on you, guys.
1: Nathan. You. Nathan Bennett joining us from Bennett Racing. Southport Tycoon, as we said, well ridden, the best horse on the day. Riff Rocket didn't seem to have the same zip that he had of the CSAs. He was good, but he, he wasn't as good as he was two weeks ago.
2: No, he was just sort of buried away on the fence there. Didn't probably get much of a crack at him. Just looked up. Uh, Southport Tycoon and the Doncaster, which was mentioned, forty nine kilos, twenty six dollars. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Jump on. Let's go to the Blamey Group Two level race nine at Flemington yesterday.
7: 550 metres to run. It's a Raleigh in front of Carini. Then came Ayrton needing a little bit of luck with Holy Mans three wide. A tissue four deep. They're queuing up. Next in the field, Cadre du Noir. And then came Macram and Barclay Square. Carini up to a 300 metres to go. Then came Holy Mans. Ayrton needs a run badly. And a tissue is joining issue the outside at the 200. A tissue up to Holy Mans and Carini. A tissue gets its neck in front of Holy Mans. Carini, Ayrton and Macram. A tissue clear, she'll be the sixth meter to win it. A tissue scored three quarters. Second, Holy Mans, I'd say. Ayrton was in that as well. And then Carini and Macram together for four. Behind them, Cadre Noir and Barclay Square from Cesaro. Then came Captain Envious behind the Muramasa, in company then with a Raleigh who gave a bit of cheek. Well back, Bustler, Panfield, and at the end, Future History.
1: Chris Waller's got to make an important decision with the tissue now after winning yesterday she also uh, can run in the all star mile after winning that race to blame me or does she or does she go to both go to the Australian Cup which was the the main mission initially so uh he has to make that decision
2: yeah it never really looked like she was going to lose that race did she was just in a, in the sweet speed having said that Ayrton he's not one of mine I reckon he is in the money much category but Gee who is was desperately unlucky there and I see on social media Mick Price has already been there saying All Star Mile they want to they want to run in that if they can which won't be the strongest race in history I wouldn't have thought so uh, outside of Mr Brightside I, and
1: I I don't often say horses are unlucky or good things beaten I think Ayrton should have won that race if, if he'd been able to get out earlier but he didn't and A Tissue won the race and she's a very good mare at Flemington that's her third win from only five appearances there and all up she's won ten from thirty nine. We mentioned earlier that Kieran Ma had a great day, of course, courtesy of Southport Tycoon, but also courtesy of Estriella, who's a lightly raced filly and was totally dominant in the English sprint down the straight. Let's have a listen to that replay.
7: So they reach the course proper at the 500 metres. It's Estriella under a hold, leading a length to Navy King, who's full bore under pressure. Then Rykoki to Sonic Boom. Up the outside, aura Roboris followed by Cador and Brazen Style. Estriella, 250 metres to go. Still a good two lengths, koki and Caballus the outside, and Robrick running on. Estriella, 100 metres to go. Look to be well and truly in front. Estriella getting weary. Robrick is eating up the ground, but Estriella will do enough for the big prize, one at three quarters Robrick second, third Caballus and they were followed by a photo prominent was Mumbai Muse with Raikoki Mancier and they were followed next by uh, Navy King Midnight Opal pulls up alongside of Frawley and Carhoff and Chevron they were followed by Cadol well back in the field to Sonic Boom with also Brazen Style and a few of the stragglers west of Dolby along with Side and Lazago
1: We mentioned Kira Ma. Let's not forget Blake Shitty parted Estriella the victory and, of course, a tissue later in the Blamey. And he gave this filly a very good rap. And uh, I think what she showed yesterday, too, was her versatility. She won that uh, Kevin Hayes first up coming from back and rushing down the centre of the track at Caulfield. Yesterday, she was virtually in the lead.
2: Yeah, gee, she was dominant, wasn't she? And in a big field coming down the straight, you sort of expect a... You don't expect to see a dominant like win uh, win like that a lot of the time, but we did yesterday, so she's got some sort of future. And Blake Shin uh, is riding the crest of a wave again. I see he's been booked to ride Lady of Camelot in the Golden Slipper for Gay and Adrian.
1: Estrella racing in the uh, the Payne family colours. Kevin and Vicky Payne, congratulations to them. Good supporters of racing. They were the highlights from Flemington yesterday. Of course, next Saturday is Newmarket Day, and Imperatriz is running in the Newmarket, which... Uh, David Ellis hinted at when you spoke to him.
2: I just reckon they just like her in Melbourne. It's as simple as that. I just think they love her on the, you know, the Melbourne way of going, and despite the big weight, um, yeah, it would be some sort of spectacle.
1: Turning our attention back to Royal Radwick, let's go to the last race of the day, the Liverpool City Cup.
3: Fearson leads into the straight from wind chat. Coal Crusher stoked up. Two lengths to Golden Mile under pressure. Back on the inside, hard to say. New energy, Kovalika down the outside. Fearson shows the way at the 200. Two in front to Coal Crusher. Hard to say he's running on, but Fearson won't stop. Fearson keeps going. Fearson at big odds. Fearson's going to lead all the way. Thundering home, new energy into second. Hard to say third, followed by Kovalika, then Coal Crusher. Democracy manifest running on. Win chat, think you knew your fate early there. Then golden mile, dark dream, see Caesar's Palace.
1: Yes, Fearson, uh, first out and first home in the last. Plenty of merit in this performance because they weren't uh, slouching along with Win chat up there, fired up from off a wide gate. The, the gallop was good. And just when I think many thought that Fearson would be swamped, it went the other way. Tom Sherry gave him a dig in the ribs and he kept finding to beat New Energy very good. Uh, for Kieran Ma, uh, with an Australian bloodstock, this import found the line really well. Hard to say, as we know, as honest as uh, the day is long, in third position. But Fearson all up, uh, now six wins on the board from 17 starts. Brad Winnip is Fearson's trainer. I want to have a chat with him. Brad, good morning. How are you? Uh, good day, Dave. Congratulations. As I said just before you came on air, a lot of merit in this win because did all the hard yards, all the hard yakka, and they couldn't run him down.
5: Yeah, well, he's he's one of those horses you hear it's, uh, people say he'd run through a brick wall. He's he's not the he, he's very tough horse. He's not the um, well, I wouldn't say he's not the smartest. He just he, he just handles hard work and and hard racing. Um, yeah, he's very rare rare type of horse for sure.
1: He was a twelve dollar chance yesterday. Did you give him a realistic chance first up?
5: Yeah, look, uh, obviously it was uh, up in grade again there yesterday and um he's always a very good fresh horse uh he's trialled up really good he, he he i could have went a couple of softer options there there's newcastle and canberra the canberra national sprint and um the new market or at newcastle i think it is but um they're both 1400s and i just i thought fresh 1300 good draw um uh, you know, he would definitely be a, be a show, but there was there was good speed in the race um, with obviously the horse of Pfeiffer's and, and Joe Pride's horse, and we're probably just lucky that we got Coal Crusher on an off day, and um, we, we saw we landed the spot that he likes, and even though the track wasn't playing that way, he he does like a soft track, which he got yesterday. So look, things definitely fell his way, but he look he's he's been a a very consistent horse. He, he never really lets you down. If he does put a bad one in, it's a shocker. But he's only done that a couple of times, you know.
1: Yeah, and he's as I said, only have the 17 starts for six wins, and two of those are black type. He won the festival back in the uh, the latter part of the spring. Is there a grand final for him this time around?
5: Look, um, not really. I'll try and try and just sort of go around. I'm not going to aim too high. I'll, I may look at the Ajax, um, Doncaster Prelude, just you know the. Mm. the the lesser sort of races and and go from there. You know, I'll probably look up up the winter up there because he likes he likes soft tracks and things like that. So um, not aiming too high, but I you know probably on bit force now that um, he's creeping up in the benchmark and his record starting to suggest I've got to go that way. But um, you know, just I'm just mindful of his of his racing style, but he he seems to look. He he seems to love it. Like He he handles hard racing, hard work well, and um, uh, that's his style.
1: Onwards and upwards, Brad. Thanks for being with us this morning. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Brad, uh, what up joining us this morning? Talking about Fearson, a horse who makes his own luck and he's got a good record, relatively lightly raced. Let's go to racing at Eagle Farm yesterday. We had the girls' day out. Big crowd at Eagle Farm. Now, Mr Producer, we've got to be ready here. Let's go to race nine. Race nine. Is our first replay. Sharp Dazzler in great form ran a well backed favourite. Straightening up now, 400 left to runner. I can see Sharp Dazzler being pulled right to the outside. The only wider runner was Hyde Park. Meanwhile, at the top end, Grand Meteors leading from three gongs, having a decent crack. Magic Island coming at the pair, then West Oak And here's Sharp Dazzler now, thundering up the centre of the track and finishing strongly. Down towards 100 metres, Sharp Dazzler, with that characteristic strong finish, overpowering his rivals, racing away for the hat-trick. He's in great form. Sharp Dazzler first. Miners either Grand Meteor or Magic Island... With Meat in fourth, the start didn't help him. Then came Miss Shah Blue, Three Gongs, West Oak, Lasaro, Crimson Warning and Hyde Park last home. He's really hit his strap sharp, Dazley. took a long time to win his main. Admittedly, didn't have a lot of luck in several races, but now he's putting it all together and that's three on the trot. And uh, a calculated move by Tony and Matty Sears, bringing him back in distance. They could have gone to the 1,800 yesterday. That was the early race of the day. Back to the 1,400... And things didn't go C.J. Graham's way. Everywhere she wanted to go, something just got in her road. The horse did the job.
2: I think the key to this horse, really, David, has been me becoming the assistant trainer for the horse. As I oh, ex- did you
1: suggest, bring it ex- back.
2: Exclusively revealed on this show last yeah. time. <laughs> now, look, in all seriousness, I thought the horse was going to be vulnerable, dropping back to fourteen hundred. Thought he'd be last, well, close to last, as it was. Was three wide. Gee, it was a horror watch but still won well. Significant upside to this horse for sure.
1: Well, Sharp Dazzler beat Texas Fireball last time around. Let's go to the second race yesterday, and Texas Fireball was clashing with another Sears runner in Jungle Prince. In the straight, 400 left to run. Let's see how much gas in the tank with Jungle Prince. New Joy comes to the outside. Texas Fireball starts to wind up on the outside. And right down the outside, he's for the girls. Jungle Prince is full tilt. New Joy having a crack. Texas Fireball trying to join them. And he's for the girls is grinding away on the outside. 100 left to run. Four in line. What a finish. New Joy, Texas Fireball. He's for the girls. Texas Fireball. The ghostly grey. Kick when it counted. And he won. He beat home New Joy, Jungle Prince, or he's for the girls who just peaked late. Then came Bilba Marea, Kinshin Maru, and Bean will over last over the line. Texas Fireball and the Archer Park Racing Colours. They came up trumps with Defiant Spirit last Saturday, and in the winners' list with Texas Fireball yesterday. You wouldn't think he'd be getting distances by Zustar, but. As he's gone up in distance, he's kept getting better.
2: Yeah, and believe it or not, I spoke to Matt Dunn yesterday uh, after this race. He was in Sydney. He, he thinks there's some chance he may have even unearthed a, a potential Queensland derby horse, which considering the breeding is extraordinary. But um, that was a very strong win late. And must I say, David Fowler, very good call there. Ghostly grey and you know, oh. all over the place. for something. Let me guess, the finish to that race will be on... An Archer Park ad for the show, Will? Oh, you never know.
1: <laughs> Time to beat us once again. I'll talk to you on Press Room tomorrow. See you, David. Ben is joining us. And I hope we have your company on Press Room tomorrow. Of course, don't forget the following Monday, it's Adelaide Cup Day. Big preview of that, so no Press Room then. But I'll join you tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye-bye.